going on, people? People forget that podcast. As always, Ryan here, joined by Kevin. What's up, Kevin? What's going on? Happy to be here. So, uh, Zach Lowe put out a an article like three days ago, basically outlining the key trade targets and you know the hottest trade rumors. Mega off season preview. I mean, there's definitely some interesting one. I think what's what I was actually surprised. I don't know what the um, probability is, but not this isn't a trade. This is, I guess, just off season. But a report came out that said that the Bucks are optimistic that Giannis is actually going to sign the supermax before the season. I mean, I think I was definitely more lean I was definitely leaning against him signing and like you know waiting till next season to see what happens but I think you were pretty committed to um, the idea that he was actually just gonna stay there forever right yeah I still do lean in that direction I do I think it's interesting of my my impulses and I think Zach I'm I'm, I have the article up now but it's like why you know why not if you're Giannis why not just sign the contract you can always literally I mean he could sign the contract I'm sure there's some rule after you sign the contract you can't get traded for xyz months but I mean he could sign the contract and next June be like just trade me I guess that would limit his freedom you know because then he's gonna be on this not that every team in the league wouldn't want to trade for him but it limits how many teams actually can trade for him whereas you're a free agent you know you get to decide where do you get to go you're a free agent if you sign the contract yeah you got your money up front but then if you want to get if you want to go to the heat or something but they can't trade for you you sort of limit where you can go i do i just lean towards him uh staying i don't know if that means he's going to sign the contract um this because it's basically he has to sign the contract I mean, since the season's going to start on December 22nd now, I mean, what are we, he has to sign this contract within like the next five weeks or he's going to become a free agent basically. But that doesn't mean he can't become a free agent and re-sign with the Bucks. So right, right now I'm still leaning that, you know, for next season, he will be on the Bucks. That's what I'm leaning. Like you said, Zach said, there's a lot of people in the Bucks that are confident that he's going to sign the Supermax before the season starts. And he also, which is interesting, Zach says that, Unless something drastic changes, Milwaukee is not trading him. If uh, Antetokounmpo, whatever, doesn't sign, the Bucks are prepared to play it out. So it's basically they're going to pull the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is like, look, this guy's either going to stay on our team or he's going to leave. We're not going to trade him at the trading deadline for whatever, a bunch of stuff. Because there's so many, and this is just a sort of, not to get totally derailed here, but there's so many different trade things and thrown out of there. And it's like, especially with the Warriors, it's like, I don't know when Andrew Wiggins became this amazing asset, but people He's are like, not. well, the Warriors could trade Andrew Wiggins yeah. and XYZ to the Bucks, And I'm like, okay, why the hell were the Bucks going to do that? And now it's funny because the but Warriors do have- What so? I don't even- No, no, no. For for Giannis. That's- that's Like people are- Clay would have to be included. Clay would have to be included. Yeah. Well, they would- But even why, like, okay, if I'm the Bucks, why am I trading Giannis for Clay- Andrew Wiggins and their draft picks. Like I would, you it's know, better if you get something back. If you know he's going to leave, but I mean, I'm sure there's definitely better deals out there. There has to be better deals out there. The thing is with the Warriors though is that they have their the, the second pick this year, and then they have the uh, the Wolves pick next year, which is going to be good because the Wolves are going to suck. Um, mark my words, they're not making the playoffs. And but at the same time, it's like 
I don't want to have Andrew Wiggins on my team. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Like, he's on a big contract with a lot of years left. And like, why? Left? Like, it, to, me, to me, getting, like, even they were throwing out, even for Drew, I think it was. Yeah. Like, okay, what if the Warriors trade Andrew Wiggins and a couple draft picks for Drew? And then they were saying, like, oh, like, I don't even think the Warriors would do that. Like, the, the Pelicans would have to trade whatever pick they have this year. Let's say the number 12 pick. And I'm like, if I'm the Pelicans, why the hell do I want Andrew Wiggins on my team? Even if it means I have the second pick this year and like the fifth pick next year, because then it's like, you still have Andrew Wiggins on your team. Like you don't get to, now maybe you could say, oh, whatever, we're going to only play him 15 minutes a game. He's going to call him off the bench, but he's still taking up a bunch he's of your time. He's better. He'll play at least 25. No, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm being over-exaggerating. You're right. Like, but it's like, okay, if Andrew it. Wiggins is getting, taking the third most shots on your team, what the hell is your team? You know? So I don't know. That's just a little rant. I've been, uh, maybe it's because subconsciously I don't want the Warriors to get some huge trade piece. Could be it. But I just keep seeing Wiggins thrown around in all these trade deals. I'm like, if I'm the other team, like, can you just give me everything except Wiggins? Like, I don't want him. You could have him. But anyways, we'll yeah, see. I mean, I, I, if I had to bet, I'm going to go. Giannis doesn't sign the extension, but he does stay with the box. I'm going to thread the needle. He hmm. goes into the season without signing the extension, but then signs with the box next offseason. Boom. Now, is there a reason why he signs? Like, I would think I would, if they sign, if they trade, like, I don't know. I mean, this would be a, I don't know Power why that. I don't know what why the Thunder would do this, but like technically the contracts match. But you know Chris Paul for Bledsoe and Pat, Pat whatever Connaughton, Connaughton, um, and like Ilion Ilyasova, Ersan Ilyasova, and whatever some other guy to fill fill out the contract. Yeah. I mean. Now, why the why the Thunder might do it? Because first impulse, you're like, okay, why the hell would the Thunder do that? You know, they. But what's interesting is I was actually listening. I was listening to some podcast today at the gym, and apparently the Bucks have the Suns pick next year. I don't know what you think, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Suns don't make the playoffs. Like they everyone typing good. them up like the Bubble Suns. They win undefeated. It's like, yeah. okay, if they win 38 games, are people going to be shocked? And that's not. That's probably that's not going to be good enough to get. Yeah, and they'll get like the ninth seed and they'll be in the hunt. But I don't think you – now they could make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think anyone's going to be losing their mind if they don't. So it could be – if you're thinking, why the hell are the Thunder going to do that trade? Well, if the Bucks say, here's a, a pick that might be the eighth pick next year, now maybe the Thunder just add it to like their war chest of picks that they have. But, yeah, that would be something that the 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 Bucks could do, which would be a power move. Like, hey, Giannis, we are serious about winning. We didn't sign Malcolm Brogdon because of money, but here we're going to make it up to you. Boom, Chris Paul, and, and then maybe Giannis says, "You know what? Great, we got Chris Paul. You guys showed me that you are you do care about winning. You will spend some money because Chris Paul's on a huge contract. I'm signing the supermax. So that's another domino. I think Chris. I mean, I don't know. Well, I guess the three most interesting dominoes probably before the season starts are Giannis, Chris Paul, and Drew. I would say right because I think Bradley Beal. I don't know. Look, it's, we could talk about Bradley Beal till we're blue in the face. I don't think he's getting traded. That seems to be all indications he's gonna." try to win with John Wall and maybe they go five and 25 to start the season. And then he wants out could be, but I'm talking about before the season starts. Um, I think what we're going to see soon is teams valuing uh, lottery picks much more. And I don't know why the market, I feel like the market has not priced in this, but we saw the Pelicans. I think they had probably like the 12th or 13th best odds to get the number one pick. And they got the number one pick. Like with these, with the new lottery rules, 
like you have a, le- a legit shot, you know, if you just like, if you're in the lottery, like you have a legit shot to get that number one pick now, like the odds are greater because they, because obviously they wanted to, um, you know, disincentivize tanking. Yeah. So they want to get rid of tanking. So they made the lottery picks, uh, greater, greater odds on the, um, lower end of the spectrum. And now, you know, we're seeing teams like, like the, the Knicks this year, they would, they have like the second worst record and they end up getting what the seventh pick. Like, I actually don't know what pick they have, but yeah, definitely not what you would expected based off their record. Like they, if, if I'm like a team, like if I'm, um, if I'm the bucks, like if I'm not getting, I want a, if I'm going to trade Giannis, I want a corner piece. And like a shitload of picks. You mean like a cornerstone, or do corner you mean like stone. a corner piece of like a brownie batch? Both. But um, Both. no, I get what you're saying. But here's the thing: what what cornerstone? What young cornerstone is is a team going to trade to get to Giannis? Now you'd say, well, well, any team would trade anything to get Giannis. But I'm just saying, realistically, it's not like the Warriors are going to trade Steph to get Giannis. You know, <laughs> teams are going to trade for Giannis, trying to maintain the great players that they have and adding Giannis to it. So I just don't. That's probably from if you're the Bucks, I 100% agree with you. That's what you want, but you have to look at what is realistic that you're going to get, which is probably why the Bucks are sending out signals to people like Zach Lowe, which is like, if he's not going to resign, whatever, we're not trading him. Could be a bluff, right? Uh, but they may be looking around. It's like, okay, we're going to trade Giannis and get what? Some youngish player, you know, like we said, Andrew Wiggins, like a, a sub all star and, and a draft pick, like Israeli. Really? Is that what we want? Why not just blow it all up at that point and just suck and actually get really good draft picks and try to draft our own all-stars instead of taking on four years of salary for some like B-minus player? So, I mean, pretty much I just wanted to nail down like the fact that, you know, draft picks now are more valuable than they were in the previous, in in ever, ever. I don't think people really realize that Um, just because, like I said, due to the odds. So I think Giannis isn't because with Giannis, he's so good. You need a corner piece. So someone like Bradley Beal, it's like, you know, you want a you want just like at least like four first round picks from, um, you know, whoever, whoever's like ready to give give them up, because then like you could actually get like four top 10 picks. And even if the team is just like missing the playoffs, like if they're like the four 16th best team and they're in the lottery, like you have a chance to get like the number one pick, number two pick, like get in the top five, like those are the greater odds. So I think that, you know, going forward, um, I think like within the next two years, people are going to really be holding on to those picks. And I think like the thunder are going to be loaded. I mean, they have, they have a nice core already with Shea, um, you know, surrounded by Shea. And then you give in, like, you have all those Clippers picks. I mean, well, I mean, they're going to be competitive, obviously, unless Kawhi and Paul George leaves, but that's, you know, we'll see what happens about that. But, um, who else gave a bunch of picks up? I mean, the Sixers, well, the the Pelicans have a bunch of Lakers picks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Lakers, they're going to be solid, obviously, as long as LeBron and AD are on the team. But I only think with draft picks is that a lot of times, like, yeah, the Thunder are going to have a bunch of uh, 
swings of the bat, if that's an analogy that makes sense. But they are, and you only have to hit a couple times. Like think about the Sixers, they blew a bunch of picks. You know, Jaleel Okafor, Nerlens Noel, Michael oh. Michael Carter Williams. But all you have to do is hit once or twice, and boom, you're you're ready to go. So that's right. the strategy of like the Thunder. Like we're gonna try to get you know, 10 picks that are in the top 10 over the course of five years, let's say. And we're going to just, odds are we're going to blow a lot of them. Odds are we're going to pick a guy number three who's actually a scrub. But all it takes is getting literally one or two picks that are like, boom, super successful. You got the number one pick, you nail it. You get the number two pick, you nail it. And then and then you're ready to go. So yeah, I, I agree that that lottery picks are obviously good to have. It's just like, I, I, I don't know how valuable one pick is, but a bunch of them, yeah, yes, because it's like if you get a lottery pick, like you're saying, yeah, there is an outside chance that you do shoot up in the lottery and boom, you're ready to go. But there is also a chance that, you know, you get the eighth pick and on average, like the eighth pick really doesn't amount to anything. Yeah, I mean, I think they looked at the odds um, on the podcast and basically said that the number one pick is super valuable. 16 out of 20 players or no, 16 out of 20. I think it was like 16 out of 20 players. Um have become at least a starter. Mm-hmm. Um, majority were all stars, you know, five to ten all stars, and then the second pick. I think I think people look at the second pick. They're like, it, it needs more context because they said how five of twenty for the second pick have become starters, or no, five two have become five have become like all stars or starters, whatever at least. And, you know, it's a big difference from one to two, but I mean, it, you're still picking at the top. I, I, I like, if I had like the number two pick and it's like, you look at the odds at the number three pick and it's like, oh, well, technically, historically, the number three pick has produced more startable players and potential all-stars. Like you're not going to trade down. It's just like t- teams doing stupid shit. Like wasn't Anthony Bennett. Bennett drafted number two and it was just like, what the and, fuck? You know, he was drafted number one with the cast, but I get one. what you're saying. It's like, one. it's yeah. not like they, I mean, they talked about it on their pod too. It's like, it's not like, okay, yeah, number two pick doesn't work out perfectly every time. So, well, let, let me trade down to number three because our odds are better there. It's just, you know, yeah, there, there does have to be all things considered. You want the higher pick, right? Like, I mean, let's not get carried away. You want the best chance at the most talent in the, in the pool. It, yeah. I mean, I think uh, Zach says here that he says uh, he's betting against Giannis signing the Supermax. Right. So, hmm. I mean, he does talk about how, oh, salary caps down, pandemic, blah, 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 blah. Maybe it's worth it to just lock in this money right now. Worry about, you know, who you're playing with later. OK, I guess so. I, I, I think I mean, that that's that is probably the biggest domino, though, for in terms of from now to the start of the season is what does Giannis do? You know what I hate? What the sports websites that have like, oh, you know, here's this trade rumor. And then instead of putting it all on one page, they put it on like four. No, I mean, those are I would don't even go on those websites. Those are like the crappiest websites. Those yeah, are like the websites that website. have like an article. Yeah. And then it's like five somehow it's like, pop up. yeah, five ads pop up in the article is like 50 words on one page. Then you have to click over to eight more pages and it's like a quasi slideshow. No, I don't. I don't even I my the amount of times I even go on those websites is so low. I'm only, you know, I'm not going on like random like dunkcity.com um, or something. The only time I would go on there on like a stupid website like that if there is a um, really a spicy trout, one. 
a drought, yeah, a spicy one, like, or a drought of like information talking about like a specific topic. Yeah. Like, so you're really digging, like, it's like yeah. you really want, like, whatever, let's say in your case, uh, Bradley Beal to go to the Nets. So, yeah. and maybe there's not, Zach Lowe's not talking about it, Brian Windhorse, but you're like, come on, this has got to happen. So you Google it, and lo and behold, there is one, you know, article talking about it, but it's some crappy website that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. I definitely have been there before for, uh, you know, other sports and, and different teams for sure. There's one more guy that Ryan Rosillo brought up that double R, double R. That is apparently, um, you know, the worst kept secret, as he says. So ah, Devin, Booker, yes. Devin Booker. That must be the well. I don't know what worst kept secret, but they kept it from us. I guess I never heard anything about that. I mean, it makes sense. I think he 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 definitely wants to get traded, but. But why? I mean, I guess the thing, the only thing that makes sense though is like, first of all, the Suns, Arizona seems like a, I guess if you can deal with the heat, seems like a pretty cool place to live. Maybe like a cheaper version of California. So from that perspective, it's like, I don't think it's like a, a foregone conclusion that a superstar player in that uh, market would want to leave. I guess the thing is that it's like the Suns have been a disgrace for like a while now. And their owner apparently is like a clown who's pretty cheap doesn't spend so that seems to be like the most argument in Devin Booker's favor it's like let me go to like an actual great organization that has like a proven uh track record of winning um but it's like I don't like where does he want to go he wants to do the he he wants to go to Minnesota and play with D'Angelo and Carl Anthony Towns yeah I have a trade in front of me okay so Timberwolves receive Devin Booker all right the Suns get Jared Culver James Johnson, this year's number one pick, okay. the number 17 pick, uh, which is the Nets pick, um, 2020, 2022 first round pick and a 2024 first round pick. So they're getting four first round picks along with Jared Culver and James Johnson, one of them being a number this year's number one pick. Um, I mean, if, if if it would depend, like, I'm not just going to do that out of the blue, but I mean, I guess if Devin Booker says like, I'm leaving, but isn't he under contract? I know that doesn't really even matter anymore. Guys just demand trades whenever they feel like it. But I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that unless he demands a trade basically. And first of all, I'm almost, um, and I think we talked about this before. I'm almost rooting for that, um, big three to happen because like, that's going to be the crappiest big three of all time. Like none of them play any defense. So, okay, maybe that's not totally fair. The point is they're not good defenders. So they're all offense, no defense. Now, Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns is is a pretty good combo, you know, offensively. And if you surround them with like 3 and D guys, you know, the old cliche, just 3 and D, 3 and D, I could see how that works out. But Not with D'Angelo? Not with D'Angelo. Your backcourt is Devin Booker and D'Angelo? What's Who wrong the with- hell are you guarding? Who are you guarding? I mean, who the hell are you guarding? And okay, they can't guard anybody, but oh, I'm sure somebody's waiting for them at the rim. Oh, wait, Carl Anthony Towns forgot to make his rotation for the tenth time this game. (laughs) I think they would be terrible on defense. I don't think the problem is them being bad on defense. I think it's um, Towns being bad on defense. Yeah, I guess that's a fair point. If he was a defensive player of the year type candidate, yeah. If he if he had not, I mean, Gobert is obviously you know one of the best defenders, but I want to say. Um, you know, if he was a threat, a, a significant threat where you're like, you don't really want to drive in. I mean, he's since he's so big and he's still athletic, like it's like, okay. 
He really has no good reason to be bad on defense. Like you look at some players, you're like, yeah, that guy's crappy on defense. He can barely run and, you know, he's not athletic and he's super dumb or whatever. But it's like Towns doesn't really have a, a good excuse built in. It doesn't it really doesn't make any sense. And he would be so I feel like no one when we talk about like the best players in the NBA, like no one talks about Towns. But I mean, this guy's fucking <laughs> his stats are unreal tall. on offense. He's seven foot tall, averaging 27, 11 and four. And he's shooting it's fucking draining threes from uh, on eight attempts like that's crazy. Those are crazy. And he's, he's very efficient shooting over uh 51%. I mean, he's elite, elite on offense, but, you know, he never gets brought up. I mean, we talked about this before how he's like, he's actually like super boring to watch. Yeah, he doesn't. It's very strange. Yeah, his highlight tapes are sort of like he'll score 40 points, but he doesn't have like a lot of flash to his game, which in fairness, not a lot of big men do, but there is something about him. He He's just sort of boring to watch. Yeah, yeah, he, he is. It's, it's kind of weird because you think, oh, big man hit seven threes and scored 40 points. Oh, my God. Like, that's right. got to be the – this is going to be sick to watch. And it's like – I mean, you can watch it and appreciate like, oh, my God, this guy is so good. But there, he doesn't – I don't he even know how to quite put my finger on it either. Like, why? Like, he doesn't he have any moves like, really. like super athletic where he's dunking yeah. on people. Yeah. And he's not really – um. I mean, I, I don't think big men are really sexy to watch. Yeah, they're just not. I mean, that's the truth. Like you said, unless they're literally dunking and like ripping the rim off and and posterizing yeah, people, not. it's like, what are like, they really? Their their tapes like aren't that. They don't grab you like that. I mean, there's a reason that shoe companies are mainly selling shoes for like shooting guards and and you know wing players because they're 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 who people you know grab onto. The last three years, he has been a positive and. The defensive box plus minus. Really? I mean, that, that's, I don't think, at least from what I've read, you know, in terms of smart people like Zach Lowe, what they say, I don't think they really, I think he used to be a train wreck on defense and he has improved, but still not to the level that you would think that he's capable of. Like he still right. has plays where you're like, what the hell are you doing, dude? But it leaves hope that like, okay, he has improved and the, and the things that he sucks at, you think he would be able to fix. So it's like a focus and effort issue more than like a, this guy is just incapable of being good on defense issue. So, I mean, but so I don't, I don't really see the Devin Booker thing being too realistic, at least before the start of this season, you know, seems like things are, are, are trending in the right direction, at least with the Suns. but it's just something to, to monitor, keep your eye on. I mean, with, I feel like with Towns' defense, it's similar to Wiggins offense where it's like, it's okay. But like they have the tools to be so much more, so it looks even worse. Yeah, you know? yeah. The expectation just, um, you know, clouds the actual uh, reality of it. Yeah, I mean, if you have potential, part of that is that you're going to get criticized if you're not living up to your potential. I mean, nobody is, uh, you know, criticizing uh, Eric Gordon for not scoring 27 points a game. You know, we, we look at him and be like, oh, he's. You know, if he scores 17, seems like that's probably what he should be scoring. You know, random example, but you get the point. What do you think of Victor Oladipo? I'm not interested. Like, if I'm a team, first of all, Victor what Oladipo, would, like, had a brutal interested? injury. What? What would make you interested? What would make me interested is that if, 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 um, it, to start this upcoming season, if he came out of the gates for the first 30 games and looked like, 
2018 Oladipo, we want to say. Yeah, yeah 2018 Oladipo. Yeah, then I would be like, okay, let's go. Because he's a, a positive offensively, positive defensively, you know, can create his own shot, score off the dribble. Uh, yeah, like then then I'd be really interested. Why am I going to – first of all, I'm pretty sure he's going into the last year of his contract, number one. So mm-hmm. I'm going to trade like legitimate assets to get a guy who we haven't seen play at like a quasi all-star level in basically two years because he had like a brutal sort of knee injury. Like, why am I going to do that? But he played, though. He has played and... And not looked as good as he used to. Now, that but, you could say he's recovering from injury, but I would like to see him recover before I commit major assets to trading for him. He's also 28. He feels yeah. like he's 25 or 26, but he's yeah. 28. Because he was... Uh, he's older, a late bloomer. He was an older rookie. Um, but, I mean, in 2008, 2017, 2018... He's a baller. 23, basically five and five, led the league in steals, um, efficient Good shooter. Yeah, I mean, he was 37 from three. Uh, great defender. He was excellent on defense that year. Um, he wasn't as good nearly um, the, the previous couple years, but, you know, that year he was great. I mean, he showed potential, and that was like his breakout season. So, but here's, here's the thing here's what almost gives me as much uh, pause as the injury is that if you look at, uh, so last year, he actually made the All-Star game last year, which I didn't know that. Um, but he played 36 games before getting injured. Yeah. But if you look at his stats before, this is pre-injury, right. they're not as good. Yeah. So it's just pointing toward, look, I like I said many times, I root for as many, unless there's like a specific reason. And there's, there's so many, like they're, they're, I can't even really name any players that like I quote unquote root against in the NBA. I just root for everyone to be good. It's way more interesting when there's way more amazing players in the league. Uh, but I'm just, just looking at the evidence I don't know how much I want to commit to Victor Oladipo when the last time we saw him playing healthy, he was averaging 19, 6, and 5. 19, 6, and 5 on, by the way, not as good shooting efficiency. 42, below average. Yeah, it's like 19. Like, if you look at the numbers, you're like, oh, that's pretty good. But it was really just like, you know, volume um, that was getting him there. And in fairness, he was weirdly, for whatever reason, playing 32 minutes a game instead of 34. But, you know, OK, well, flip it to you. If, if the Nets traded, I know, OK, blah, blah, blah. It depends what they give up. Da, 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 da. But I Everything, mean, yeah, it's relative. It depends who they're giving up because, you know, he's such a, a tough player to I hate when players get inj- injured close to where their contracts are are expiring. So. You know, he he's a very interesting case where I think you somewhat value you don't value him at like that 2018 year, but you value him as like the previous other years where he's just averaging like 17, you know, four and five. Which is then he's a sub all star, which is like, why am I giving up like a, a lot to get a sub all star, basically? Yeah, like I wouldn't give up Karras for him because I think Karras is just. He's not as good on defense, but he's definitely he's better offensively. Um, you know, you really you you if you sign him, you're hoping that he he's just really good on defense and just like you know is a plus on the offensive end. But he's not like it's if he was a better shooter, like if he was averaging like at least thirty eight percent from three for um, you know basically for his career, then it's like okay. You know, maybe he can play off ball. 
he could play off ball, do a little catch and shoot. But he's he's like a kind of he played like pretty much point guard, and he needed the ball to be effective. So you know he's not a great shooter. He's okay. Um, and how about like you're saying, like he you're gonna have to sign him to a contract. So it's like, do you want to be paying this guy twenty five million dollars a year or something? I don't know. Yeah, like how much are they? Apparently, he thinks from like everything that I've reports that I've read and stuff. Like he still thinks of himself as like the all-star Oladipo. So I don't think he's going to be like, oh, let me sign a four-year deal for $60 million. That, I mean, that would be, that would be like worth the risk. I mean, he, he is healthy. That's the thing. It's not like he's coming back from, he already came back from injury. He wasn't great. I mean, he played 20, he played basically 15 games. He, he, he didn't start three of them. So he was still getting warmed up. His stats were shit. Hey, he shot below 40%. <laughs> like, they're so really, really bad. His stats. And like I said, I'm not rooting against anybody. I hope he becomes a, an all-star again. But I don't know. Everyone, he just gets tossed into. Like, I would rather have Drew Holiday. Oh, of course. Yeah. But then I'm like, people group them together. Like, oh, Bradley Beal, Drew Holiday, you know, Victor Oladipo. Like, these are the guys to watch. I'd probably rather have Chris Paul. Like, even if Chris Paul is older and making a, cra- a, t- a ton of money. But I... I if you're gonna put, if you're gonna make me uh, put money down, who's gonna be a better player this upcoming season, Chris Paul or Victor Oladipo? I'll say Chris Paul, and I'm not even gonna blink like that. I'm extremely confident with that. Yeah, I mean, since you know, obviously Oladipo's coming off of an injury, and we saw Paul, you know, have a, a great year. Um, yeah, I mean, you would just have to put bet on Chris Paul, even though he's 35 and Oladipo's. 28 28 so you know i mean that that would be a a trend trade deadline um that's gonna be a hot trade deadline rumor because i think that teams who are interested want to wait and see to see how he does in the first half of the season and to see at least some flashes like we haven't seen a flash of him back to normal yet um you know, give me, you know, 30 games at least minimum. And it doesn't really make me, it still doesn't make me want to be like, oh, let me give you, you know, a first round pick and like three, these two nice, nice pieces. It's really just like, you know, just, you got to show me a, a little something. But I think, you know, if Oladipo, I mean, he's going to be healthy. So, you know, that's sort of somewhat of a wait, a wait and see type of thing. But I, mean, I could see that, and I, this is something uh, Zach Lowe brings up. It's like that might be like the Bucks move if they can buy low on Oladipo, maybe. But then if that blows up in your face, it's like, oh god! Mm-hmm. And then like, do the Pacers? What do they want? Really, Eric Bledsoe? Why? <laughs> you know, yeah, no. unless you're getting a first round pick, then I think it might just be the boring answer. Is like it might just be better for everybody to just Oladipo to stay on the Pacers, you know. Like yeah. the Pacers to bet on him becoming that player again, and Oladipo to like, you know, just play on a team where you know that is a good team, basically year in and year out. Maybe not a great team, and just try to rebuild his value, and and maybe the Pacers will give him more money than another team uh, would give him. Uh, so I mean, we'll see. Well, I'm I'm interested to see how that uh, gets settled. That situation. I mean, what do you think of? So basically. We talked about this a little bit off pod, but Zach Lowe's number one probability of a trade 
his favorite trade for the Drew Holiday trade is Andrew Wiggins on the number two pick for Drew Holiday. I I don't get why the the uh, the Warriors would do that. Why do they need another guard? I guess the argument would be that Drew can guard like wings. He's thirty one though. I mean, are you really gonna bet? And you have to pay him. Like I don't. It's like yeah, okay. Um, you know, he's a bigger dude. I think he's like six five, but. You know, he's not in his defensive prime. Like, yeah, maybe mentally, but, you know, he needs his legs to go with him to follow his, you know, his his mind. But I guess the argument would be if he's like the third option on offense and he can really focus on defense. I don't know. I'm not saying but then it's like, how else are the, the Warriors going to upgrade. Yeah, maybe they just make their draft pick. I mean, maybe it's just as Why simple as that. Wiseman? Wiseman, I don't know. I watch his clips. I'm like, I don't know. Is this guy going to be better than DeAndre Ayton? I mean, maybe. Offensively, he's good. Defensively, yeah, he is good. But it's like, so if you, I wonder if the Warriors were told uh, James Wiseman is going to be exactly as good as DeAndre Ayton. I wonder what they would do. Would they pick him? Yeah. I mean, probably, right? Yeah. Can he shoot? My question is his defense. Like, if he's on the Warriors, he's going to get wide open dunks, wide open alley oops. And yeah, the question is does he have three point range? Does he even have 20 foot range? Can he get the Chris Bosch shot going? Um, But it's like, you know, I'm more worried about his defense. And it's like, big men are notorious. Well, I guess rookies in general are are notorious for just sucking on defense. So it's like, okay, if if you're going to draft this big man, and you're going to keep him, and this season he's not going to be good defensively, then is he even in, like, your closing lineup if you're the Warriors? And if he's not, like, are you banking on him, what, getting really good on defense for next year? I don't know. He played three games in college, like. Yeah, because he had, like, I think he was at, uh, he was at, was it Memphis with, like, uh, with uh, Penny Hardaway as a coach? And, like, yeah, they had some, it's just stupid classic, and I can't even describe it. It's like, oh, his his parents like went to his game or someone like paid his parents, like come to one of his games. It's like the stupid crap that like, you don't even understand. Like, how is this even real? It's like his season is over. Cause someone paid his dad $50 for like an airfare or something. I don't know. It's just stupid stuff. Well, I think, well, uh, Wiseman said that he didn't want to play for the Timberwolves, right? That was him. What? Yeah. You didn't see that. No, I definitely did not see that. Let me, just, let me make sure. Um, I didn't know that was a thing. I don't think they would draft him anyway. Him and Towns would be like a weird fit. Well, the thing is, there's just a report two hours ago that said that the the Timberwolves are leaning towards picking Wiseman. But, yeah, okay. Oh, my God. Wiseman has no interest to come to Minnesota because Towns is there, which makes sense. Like, it's not a good pick, but I do think, like, I I think, listen, I I don't think LaMelo Ball is going to be good. He can't shoot. Neither do I. Neither do I. (laughs) Neither do I. I mean, his stats are freaking. I mean, his shooting is atrocious. He has a terrible form, too. And, you know, I mean, Lonzo had a bad form, but he was, he's really good at defense. And he's just, uh, I think he's going to be a good starter. Um, Yeah, I think Lonzo is a good role player. But Lamelo, I think he thinks he's an all star, (laughs) but he's really not. Um, I'm so, so interested to see how this draft goes. Like, who ends up with two? Then it's like Anthony Edwards. Where I'm like, this guy could be 
a crappier version of J.R. Smith, or yeah, maybe he is like a broke man's D Wade. I don't know. He's insanely athletic, but if you watch some of his highlights, like he takes some of the dumbest shots you're ever going to see. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't envy these GMs having to make these picks. It's insane. How the hell do you know these guys are going to be good or not? He shot 40 from the field. Yeah, which I is would. horrible. And he wasn't good from three, but he shot a ton of them. I mean, this, like Lowe, Zach Lowe was like, you know, whenever you get a number two pick, um, you gotta, you you just gotta take it. You gotta take it. It's so valuable because you never get a chance like this. You could get, you know, the next Kawhi Leonard or some shit. It's like, and the, there are going to be all stars. Like, has there ever been a draft that didn't have all star players? You know, like they have to be somewhere. Yeah, I mean, there ha- yeah, there has to be somewhere, but I don't know if it's in this top two, top three. I mean, well, I think Wiseman has the best chance. Um, but I mean, I really, who knows? Who? No one really knows. I mean, we and, haven't seen enough of him. And and if you're a team like has one of those top three picks, let's say, do you have the balls to pick like the guy who's projected to go number fifteen that you actually think is like going to be the best player, or do you just try to trade? Yeah, then but then every other teams may be like, why the hell are we trading up, dude? Like we don't want any we don't want to pick Wiseman, uh Anthony Edwards, or LaMelo either. Like we're fine with the ninth pick. We're probably gonna get a player that's better than your guy. <laughs> so, you know, they're all probably thinking the same thing. If it normally, you know, if a team wants to trade down, that that generally in, especially in the NBA when they're supposedly supposed to be such amazing players at one, two, three, the other team's like, Why the hell are we trading up then? Yeah, I don't know what to make of this draft. I mean, that's why it's just like, I don't think the Warriors really have time to wait and see if, you know, one of these guys is going to be good. Why not just trade it for a, you know, I mean, I don't want to say Drew. But, but there, there's not many other options, my man. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's like, I agree with you that I think they should trade the picks because it's like, you know, you this is you still have a window. Your window is still open, especially if you can add yeah, another. Years. Yeah, like so you can add another one or two good players, and people are like, "Well, this is their opportunity to like get a player that could like lead the the team in, into the future." You know, but I'm like, dude, it's guaranteed. Look at the look at the Celtics. It's just like, oh, they got all these first round picks. They're said they're going to be contenders for years, and they still haven't made a finals. Yeah, and I'm, but and then for the Warriors, it's like, well, the. You, if 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 you draft someone who's just ends up being like a good role player, he's not going to bridge your franchise into anything, no. you know. So it's like, okay, if you told me that that the number two pick is going to be an eight time All Star, then I say hell yeah, f- pick that guy. But that that's not a guarantee at all. And plus, guess what? If you trade the pick and and you go for broke for the next three years with Steph and Clay and Draymond and Giroux Holiday, let's say, and guess and and you don't win anything, then guess what? You suck for a couple of years, and then you're going to get another top five pick, and then you could pick that player, you know? So I, I don't think – I think the Warriors are just in such an interesting spot because they have the Wolves pick next year too. But they have Wiggins on their team. They are such a, in a weird situation. I don't know. I mean, what Can, about – okay, let's see. And I, a I, Warriors trade, but hold on. Oh, God. It. Come on. It probably involves Andrew Wiggins. Which is like, why the fuck are the Suns going to trade for Andrew Wiggins? I mean, what I think. Let's see. 
something along the lines of Wiggins, the number two pick for uh, Miles Miles Turner and Oladipo. Wiggins, or, the number two. I wouldn't do that if I was the Pacers. Fuck that. Why not? I don't want Andrew Wiggins. And now I'm. it sounds like I but think Andrew Wiggins two. is the worst player that ever lived. But so you really want the Pacers. What were they, the fourth seed this year, the fifth seed? So they're going to go from perennial a fifth seed to what? Their team is going to be Andrew Wiggins and, and Anthony Edwards, and they're going to win 18 games? Why? So that the Warriors can be good again. <laughs> like every trade that, that the Warriors propose is basically how can we make the Warriors really good? And the team, the other team is going to be really crappy, but like maybe sort of good. Any trade if that I'm doing with the Warriors that ends up with me getting Andrew Wiggins, you're giving me this pick and next year's Wolves pick. And end of discussion. You don't want to give me both of those? Great. I'm not taking Andrew Wiggins. Have fun. Have fun paying him $30 million or whatever he's making. I still can't believe they traded D'Angelo Russell for him. I can. D'Lo, I know he's your guy, but I don't know. How is that going to work out? You're talking about they shouldn't trade for Drew. They're all guards. That was never going to work out. Was, was D'Angelo going to be happy coming off the bench when Clay and Steph got healthy? No, I'm yeah. not saying. I'm saying they could have gotten someone. For someone else? Okay, yeah, fair point, fair point, fair point. Jumping like, down your throat here, but you're making a good that point. Been, that would have been – that's like the last case scenario. It's like, oh, no one wants him? <laughs> like, oh, I guess we'll, get, we'll just get Wiggins. <laughs> yeah. I so agree. I so agree. They couldn't have gotten – they couldn't have just even got like a random role player. Like let's just make something up. This would have never happened. There wasn't even like a rumor. But like let's say they had traded – like wouldn't you rather – if you're the Warriors, wouldn't you rather have Robert Covington than Andrew Wiggins? You know what I'm saying? Like – like, wouldn't you have just rather played for a proven good role player? Yeah. No, of course. That that's only making fifteen million or twelve million. Oh, I would much rather do that. But then here's the thing: then you don't have next year's Wolves pick. So, but then is it is getting that pick worth getting Wiggins? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. It is. They, the Warriors are the most. I'd say the Warriors and the Nets are the two most interesting teams right now. Um, would you? All right, so D'Angelo is twenty-four. Would you trade? The, the, would you rather have this year's number one pick or D'Angelo? He's about to turn twenty-five in a hundred days. Would I rather have this year's number one pick or D'Angelo? Yeah. God, I don't know. That's tough. That's really tough. I can That's see arguments. I like, it's, I can see arguments for either way because. Well, 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 the thing is, the, the Wolves have both of them, um, but or, true, you know, so I don't it's like I don't I don't know, because the thing with D'Angelo, I just have sort of an aversion to guys who I'm going to have to pay max money who are not max players. You know what I'm saying? Is D'Angelo bad? I don't think he's bad. But, you know, if if he's taking the second most shots on your team, you're just not going to win anything. So it depends. What are your expectations as a franchise? If you just want to make the playoffs, you know, maybe it'll work out. But then, you know, is there any guarantee that Anthony Edwards is going to be better than D'Angelo Russell? No. But then again, you're only going to be paying Anthony Edwards, what, like $8 million? I don't know how much these guys make in their rookie contract. You know, for, yeah, for like four years or something. And and you can always trade them. You know, what type of trade value does D'Angelo Russell have? I don't know. Uh, So I would probably just lean towards... Apparently. What? 
Andrew Wiggins, apparently. Yeah, I was going to say, are they going to trade him for Wiggins again? Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it is. I I think it's hilarious. First of all, that the season starts in five weeks, but I think it, it, it's going to be five weeks. That's awesome for Wait, us. It is awesome for us. It's right around the corner. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what is it? What, what's the date? Like November eighth, right now? I have no clue. November eighth. Uh, yeah. So okay, six weeks then. You know, fourteen fourteen days in a month. So yeah, I mean, it, it is going to be. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be great. Hopefully everyone's healthy. I mean, I am interested to see, does LeBron really just like take the first month off? Like he doesn't even show up. That's, that's a good question because he doesn't, you know, I, I would hurt his, I wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt his legacy, but like he plays. I don't like think it's a great look. Like I, I think it makes sense though. Like in my position, like, God, like I just played so many fucking games and, it's so, uh, I mean, like, yeah, and he's in position to do it because I think, eight, like, they could be, I think they could be, like, the sixth seed without him. The the sixth, with, with, for the whole with, season? Like, no, no, for the first month. Oh, like, couldn't they survive without him for the first month? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, they could, they could definitely keep their head above water without him for sure. But then it's like, why not just come back and play 20 minutes a game then, you know? Nah. I think so funny because yeah go ahead you know i think he just paces him i think he plays you know he starts the season but you know he only plays max three games a week um or maybe just two for the first month and then you just like ramp him up after the all-star break yeah i i could see that i think i think it's funny how last year he basically called out Kawhi for load managing and now he has now obviously it's unforeseen circumstances uh, yeah. that he could say like, oh, well, I didn't know the turnaround to playing was going to be five weeks after the season. But I mean, they had to do it. There's really no option. Like, yeah, for someone like LeBron, who's like already a billionaire, basically, what does he care that he's going to lose 40 percent of his salary if they start a month later? But yeah, rookies who are making six million dollars a year. Uh, yeah, they want their money. So I mean, didn't like if you compare the. OK, so obviously it's not in a row, but the total amount of games that they had off technically like in a in a 12 month period i think the off season is equivalent to the year before yeah i mean did they not take what 3 4 mm-hmm. months off and <laughs> you know like 5 months ago does that not factor into this at all i mean how much basketball has lebron played since march you know he definitely took at least like definitely took a week off at least and then probably like did a little light light work in the gym for couple shots up and you know, the second week and there's probably like what week three no but i'm, I'm saying since since uh, the season got postponed like how much basketball has lebron played which oh, yeah. march I was mean, what seven months ago how much basketball has he played in the last seven months he played uh like what 10 leading games okay then what he played f- five what did they beat the the blazers in five yeah and then they beat the rockets in five yep. and, and then did they beat the nuggets in five too so that was yep. 15, and they beat the Heat in six. So that's 21. He played 31 games in the last seven months. So I understand they just got off, but doesn't that play a factor, like you're saying, that the whole cumulative effect of like, dude, in the last literally almost over half of a year, you've played literally only 31 games. <laughs> so And 10 of them, you guys were goofing around, like in the playing games, playing like 25 minutes a game. So. I don't know. We'll we'll see what he does. You know, I'm not obviously LeBron knows his body, but that was never realistic that they were gonna 
play a shorter season a month later. Like, no, they have to get, they have to make up all this money. They're already, they're going to get absolutely destroyed this season with no fans for every game, basically. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's like if he plays, all right, so it's a proposed like 72 game season. So it's going to be a shorter season. I can see him playing like 55 games. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, and it's just going to bring up all the load management conversations again, especially if the ratings are down. I mean, well, why would the ratings be down? I think the ratings will go return to normal. I th- I think they will too, but I'm, I'm I I think I mean you would hope so. There is there is interest. This is like an intriguing season from a storyline standpoint. So, I mean, I'm going to be watching every fucking Nets game possible. I mean, Kyrie and Kevin Durant haven't seen this much talent in years on the Nets. So I'm going to be the number one viewer for sure. <laughs> He'll be but, boosting the numbers. Yeah. But I mean, there's everyone's going to be healthy um, for the like, as you know, I don't want to jinx it. But right now, everyone, every like megastar, I guess, outside of like DeMarcus Cousins. And yeah, I mean. That's pretty much it. That's all. And I mean, John Wall is coming back. So we're getting some like it's going to be a healthy so far. It's, I mean, there's always going to be um, like a couple stars that get hurt. You know, it's just inevitable. But, you know, as it stands right now, everyone is healthy. Um, it's the league is wide open still. You know, I mean, I think it's going to be in a, I think this could be one of the best seasons in a long time. Because you really don't know. Like you, I could see, like, so right now at the stands, I would put the Lakers, Clippers, Nets, Bucks in the elite title conversation. You're not going to put the Warriors there? No. Okay, fair enough. No, they don't have enough. They're, they, as it stands right now, they don't have um, their their depth stinks, and Clay's coming off an ACL injury. Steph is older, but I think he'll be fine. You know, he's older, but I mean, I don't think I'm not really worried about him. And yeah, he like, he broke his fucking hand, but he should be fine. Um, Draymond's just simply not as good. Draymond's the best one. He has, he's surrounded by great players. So he's going to have like a better year for sure. But you know, it's not going to be like, you know, Oh, Draymond's a top 20 player again. Like he'll be like top on the lower, like, you know, top 40, top 50, maybe optimistically and everyone else like is really blah like they, i don't see anyone that's just like oh you know like, i don't think a, a steph and clay team can but it's not gonna be the steph clay team it's gonna steph clay drew steph play clay in a draft pick steph clay in a draft pick plus a role player i don't know it depends like what they do with um that pick like even like even if they get james wiseman i'm not like oh they're they're gonna be in that elite tier i think it's like they're in the nuggets tier celtics heat um who else yeah that's like that's who who really comes to mind i mean the raptors are the raptors are gonna be like i don't think they're gonna win the title but they you have to put them in that tier if they bring all the same players back they're just the two seed you know nick nurse is gonna work his magic yeah, um, I mean, I mean the Sixers could get there too. 
I mean, they it's we'll see what you know Maury does, but I mean, I don't think he really has to wait to see like people are like, oh, he should wait to see what he has. It's like we've seen this fucking team. This is what like we know what the Sixers have. <laughs> not <laughs> enough. It's just it's just not enough. And you know, they had their opportunity with Jimmy Butler and they they didn't they you know let him walk. They traded him. So I mean people obviously I know he wants James Harden, but he would have to give up Embiid. And that I don't think Ben and Ben and James are a good fit. I would like the best thing you could do is like give up Ben and Tyable and like they have no picks. They have no picks, I don't think. So it's like, what the fuck? I, I don't think they have really enough. And I think the coach of the Rockets, I mean, if it was a different coach, I don't know. It's that's tough. I mean, if, I, if I'm like the Rockets, I just got the, the head job. I'm like, I get to coach James Harden. That's awesome. Like, I want to, you know, see what I have and, you know, this great player. So, like, they're not really, I don't think they're itching to tra- trade James Harden. Obviously, Maury has said publicly how James Harden tra- uh, changed his life and he's been a big part of, um, you know, what, like, he has impacted his career greatly in a positive way. But, you know, I just don't think that the they have enough. I mean, I think we do. I think if anyone gets traded, it has to be Ben Simmons. I mean, he just goes against everything that Maury. Um, so you, you think know, one of Ben or Embiid is not going to be on the team by the trading deadline? So, yeah. So you actually, well, not necessarily by the trading deadline. I okay. Say, All right. Well, then there you go. He's not going to do anything straight away. But, okay. So you said on the last pod, you're like, oh, why don't, like, whenever, like, a team's struggling, like, why are you trying to trade your best players and why not improve the players around them? But yeah. remember when we were talking about how basically the stars make the team and you could just look at like the two, three stars and see who's the best teams? Yeah. So isn't that contradicting to where it's like, okay, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are your best players. Is that enough to win? Are those two guys that could win a championship? Can you say yet? Are you going to say yes or no? I'm going to say yes. Okay. <laughs> you try to back uh, me into a corner. And I hate. <laughs> no, I do. I, and I do actually think now, obviously, they may need more help in the three through eight than, let's say, this year's Lakers. If you're one and two are LeBron and AD, you don't need that much more help. If you're one and two are Ben and Joel, you do need more help, but I think it's possible. It is possible, but you need, you know, Give me if you put like Joe Harris and Joe Harris would be a phenomenal fit on the Sixers, but he's not going like Nets are no way they're letting Joe Harris go. Um, Joe Sy is ready to spend the money, so he's not he's not going anywhere. But someone, you know, give him, you know, good three and D guys that could not just play, not just shoot threes that could like do a little bit more. Um, That's who they really need to get. I mean, Robin Covington would have been awesome. On the Sixers. Well, they had Robert Covington. Exactly. Like, he, was born, he was born there. He was awesome. I love Robbie. Robbie Cove. But, you know, it, they can't really. I don't know who. There's not a lot of. Like, three of these guys are, are coveted. So, you know, they won't come cheap. And they don't have anyone really um, on their roster that 
they have uh, what's his name um fur cults. but like they're one of their better young pieces is Tybal, who 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 really can't shoot but he's so good on defense it's like you have to play him but he doesn't help your offense but so it's like what the fuck i think you have to trade Tybal based on his potential like it's like yeah um he's gonna be very good he's gonna be like the next tony allen but with if you have if Ben Simmons is like your second best star and you don't have like enough shooting around you, then you have to go. You just have to, you know, take the bullet and just say, OK, we're going to just sell him high on like another team, hoping that they're going to he's going to bolster defense in order for us to become um, better offensively is where, where we struggle at. But funny enough, like they weren't great on defense either, which is what we pointed out like a bunch of times. So they're like kind of a mess. I mean, Ben Simmons is great on defense and Bede is really good on defense. Horford is, um, I think he's, uh, he's solid still. I mean, you just have to put it, put his hands up. So, you know, that's really it. He's so fucking tall, but there it's really, I'm really, I really hope more. does some like crazy shit. I wish they had more picks to, if, if they didn't have the two contracts of, Tobias Harris and Horford, I'd be so excited to what Maury would do, and if they had their picks, because I know he would he would pull some strings, and that team would be a contender, um, by the, like the start of the season. Speaking of which, I think that we may we may just not see any trades because the se- the off season is so short. Like we're they like some teams just might be like like with the nets it's like oh like are we gonna try to get drew like we already have like uh kd and Kyrie um as new pieces but at least Kyrie played like a little bit but karis already knows like is familiar with everyone spencer like every, the rest of the nets team is familiar with how like you know the nets play um and Kyrie got like a a taste of it Kevin Durant is going to be new, so it's going to be a new offense. But then you have to throw Drew in there too, so it's like a whole different team. And then I guess the argument is like, oh, like what about the Heat when they got LeBron and Dwayne and Bosh? It's like okay, but you know, it's such a. At least they have like an off season to prepare in the. You know, they had over like what two months probably to get um, acquainted with each other. I mean, like, let's say the trade, there's a trade in like three weeks. It's like, then there's only a month um, for them to play with each other. And I don't know, like if teams are going to really take like the risk of, you know, it's tough. I mean, that's like, that, that goes how that, you know, depends on how you value team chemistry and whether it's like how significant you really think it is. Um, Because I mean, like, you like you you notice like i think like we like us personally like on the court like we know how we play like we're really good at like picking roles and shit um like we we just we just know but like with another player like they just might not understand like what our games are so i think that is definitely a factor so like the more you play with someone you understand their habits and you know their strengths and you get to like utilize it and like in practice that you like start talking to each other you're like okay if i have the ball in the corner i'll pump fake when you're at the post and you cut in and i'll look to you for a layup and if you don't have it you just drop it back to me i'm gonna be 
on the uh, on the wing for a three. So it's like shit like that that it it takes time to develop like a repertoire with. So I think that is what some teams are thinking. Because I mean, the short and, short and all season isn't just about rest. I think it does affect like these trades. So I don't know, like if it's also enough time to make like deals, like with the Warriors. It's like who, like it, it, it might feel they might just feel rushed and be like, I don't know. I think we're rushing this. Um, like Zach Lowe said that teams might not be teams might want to see what that number two pick is like halfway through the season before they trade it. And I see, and the Warriors might want to see that too. So it's like they draft Anthony Edwards and they're like, we don't know how good he is. Um, we're not sure if we want to trade him or not. And then they'll see like at the deadline to see what they have. Um, Cause obviously they didn't see like, you know, the, the whole COVID shit happened. So it's like, um, I think they can't, I don't know what the interview interview process, if it's like on zoom now or what, but there's, it's a very interesting off season and, I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be very exciting. Like there's nothing. I mean, I think Bradley Beal would be the most exciting. Like, I don't think, I mean, David Griffin basically said that he's very much, he publicly said like, he's basically very much open to trading drew. But I mean, if, if the the package isn't right, then they're not going to do it. So, and the other names, I mean, Booker, that's more of a, I think that will be a, at the trade deadline, the Suns are 14 and 30. And then you start hearing like, oh, Devin Booker's unhappy. And then next thing you know, in the next offseason, it's like, okay, you know, teams are stocking draft picks to get ready to send to the Suns for, to, to Booker. Same with Beal. I mean, Beal's unhappy, but I don't know what, what what's the holdup? There ain't no holdup. He's not watching. unhappy though. You're you're memeing him into unhappiness. He said that. When did he, he say said, he's unhappy? He says he uh, wants to stay on the Wizards. He says that, but it's like But you like, know the truth. Say, you know he know. wants to be on the Nets. Not not necessarily the Nets, but like um like I don't think he's gonna go to the Nets. I don't think he's gonna go to the Nets, but like another team. Like just get fucking Bradley Beal out of there. I like Bradley Beal. <laughs> I mean, I don't want him to be on the Wizards. With like, Why do you want him to be on the Wizards, bro? Get him out of there. No, I'm saying I don't want him to be. Oh, you're joking. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I. it's like, yeah. I mean, it's just annoying when really good players are on like boring, crappy teams. I mean, I mean, there's no. That's the thing. It's like short off season, uh, all this like craziness going on. I think it'll probably be more conservative, which is not sexy. It's not what I want to say. But it's probably just what can, what's going to happen. I mean, of course, we're going to be analyzing every trade rumor there is that comes out. But I mean, the free agent market is weak. It's like tumbleweeds. Let's see, free agents, NBA. Who's the, who's the uh, big free agent this year? I don't know, Serge Ibaka. The restricted free agent, but the Pelicans are going to do whatever he's got. DeRozan has a player option. AD already committed. Oh, Fred Van Vliet. He's an unrestricted, and so is Montrez Harrell. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, I think he is... 
I think I I really like him, but I'm not paying Fred VanVleet twenty million dollars. <laughs> it's like it's like I, I was like, oh man, I love Fred VanVleet, and then it's like, oh, he's an unrestricted free agent. He's commanding like twenty five million dollars. Like, whoa. Uh, okay, somebody else no, can love him more than me. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Like, let him go to the Knicks or whoever. Um, that's tough because you look at his numbers. Let's let's take a look at Fred VanVleet's numbers. All right, let me bring it up. VanVleet. Freddie Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet. I think 26 years old, six feet tall. Six feet tall. Not very efficient uh, from the field, but is is uh, efficient from three. And the free throw line. But pro- I mean, probably struggles from two because he's on the smaller side. But if you look at his per 36 numbers last year, 18, 7, and 4. And you know, there's a lot of good players on the the uh, Raptors. So it's like, could he average 20, 28 and four if he if he's on the Knicks by himself? I think Knicks fan base would like him too. Knicks, you know, New York City loves you know a, a, a point guard that could create off the dribble. I think the Knicks are in a tough position because obviously they want to save cap room for twenty twenty one, but after just like losing out on all the key free agents last year, it's tough to have that confidence to where like, if a, like if you get someone at value that would potentially jeopardize that contract that, you know, your cap space, you know, it's tough. I mean, I don't think Fred Van Lee's really that guy that is like, Oh, let's go fucking do it. But I think but, they have to become meaty. Like they have to be, they should try to just get to the playoffs. Like, they can't just wait twenty years to not sign like decent players because they're just going to wait for the one miracle player who decides to come play for them. You know, it's like I wouldn't mind if they paid Fred Van Fleet whatever it takes to get him, and then they surround him, and then they go for like the seventh seed or whatever. Now people could say, "Oh, they're the seventh seed." Blah 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 blah. If the Knicks could put together a run of like three years where, yeah, they keep their cap space relatively you know you know it's not like they capped themselves out to be a seven seed but if they can have decent contracts and become like a a competitive team in the east that's what it's what the nets do like oh we're not going to just there's we're not just gonna our strategy isn't going to just be garbage and like the sixers there's different strategies sixers we're gonna be garbage get draft picks make it happen the nets are like we're going to become like a competent team show people that like we can get our shit together and be competitive and then you could imagine like well you great player if you join us you can take us to the next level so i don't know the knicks i feel like have done now maybe you could say they haven't done like a true tank because they always will get right to the point they of like last year they're the second worst team you can't yeah but they that's what i'm saying like they 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 can't they've been bad for so long where it's like that that I don't know how much of an appetite they have. To, what happened? Like you're saying how like they haven't been rewarded. Yeah. The fan bad. base the organization, like, okay, it's one thing if you're the Sixers and whatever, normally you're competitive above average team. And it's like, okay, let's take a few years. We're just going to suck. Yeah. It's going to be terrible, but trust me, it's going to be okay. Compare that to the Knicks who have been terrible forever, basically. And then what, you're just going to tell everybody, oh, we're going to be terrible for another four more years, but then we're going to be good. I don't know. If I were them, I might just lean more towards the direction of let's just get to be decent and we'll take it from there. I don't think if, you know, and 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 if you have, you know, Fred Van Vliet, as long as it's not a crazy, as long as it's not $25 million a year, you could still trade him, you know, try to fill up the team with, 
good players on good contracts that could get you to be like a competitive playoff team, but not crazy enough contracts where you can trade them if you need to. I don't know. That's the way I would lean, but maybe not. Like I wouldn't hate it if they traded for Chris Paul. I know you said uh, I don't. You I think that what? I would rather them go for Chris Paul. I mean, I'd rather them go for Oladipo because he's more obviously he's riskier, but he's also younger and he's making less money. Like, if would you pay Oladipo four for eighty uh, if you're the Knicks? And you're, you're uncertain about getting, you know, you're probably not going to get any free agents. So, I mean, like basically if Oladipo plays 90% of what he did in 2018, I think that's like, uh, he'll hit value and that would be a decent piece. Like they could, I don't think they would, they wouldn't make the playoffs with just Oladipo. Like, if they signed Fred Van Leap too, but I mean, I think that like the, the, the best thing is to just to go buy low and hope you, cause they're not even buying low. They're like, they're selling, they're selling low. Like they sold Porzingis, their, their biggest asset in years, fan favorite for trash. That was a disgrace. <laughs> and then they, they're, they just don't, they like buy high and then they, they sell low. It's like, it's just a terrible, terrible uh, way of managing a team. And, you know, like they have their picks, but they don't have any assets. Just like fucking do something. Just get, do like, it. <laughs> I think they should go for, I think Oladipo, um, I think that's that's what they should go for, or they just you know take on the bad contracts for what they should have been doing, like what the Haw- what is what the Hawks are doing. They they're doing ahead of what they did ahead of them, and what the Nets did previously. They started this rally is just take on bad contracts for picks. So, I mean, somehow, what if they trade for? I was going to say Tobias, but I'm not sure what picks, if those picks would be worth it for the, the Knicks because they, they're not bad enough to take on that much money. Like I think the Nets took on who they take on. Uh, who's that fucking guy? Oh, um, the Nets got a three-point shooter on the Trailblazers. Alan Crabb. They took on like Alan Crabb's contract. I think they actually like, wanted Alan Crabb though. <laughs> they did. They did want him. Um, they're they 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 matched his like restriction offer, and they're like fucking with teams. They matched like luckily they luckily they were restricted free agents because we were about to have like Tyler Johnson and Alan Crabb for paying them like forty million dollars right now, but. Luckily, they uh, they were restricted, so they just fucked the other team over. So basically, we now we have Tyler Johnson, and then we did get Alan Crabb, but we got picks. Well, Tyler Johnson, I think, was a free agent, but we got a pick to get take back Alan Crabb, um, at least. So you know that's what the Knicks should, should try to do. So, and I think they've made them. I saw some report that, like they were open to taking on salary. Um, 
that just makes sense. I mean, yeah, you're not going to be good. Um, you're not going to get, I mean, I think they're obviously they're they are cautious like this year of doing that because they don't want to take on salary. And then all of a sudden, um, is like, Oh, I want to play for the Knicks. Obviously, like, obviously that's not going to happen, but you know, a good solid star free agent for some reason is just like, Oh, I want to play for the Knicks. And it's like, fuck, we just, you know, took on Tobias Harris's contract and, like we have like very limited room to make it very competitive. And like that, that, that guy's just like, Oh, Oh, you don't have enough guy to like n- enough room to get me and my, my other all-star friend. So I'm going to have to pass. And the Knicks are like, fuck, we're fucked again for years. And then it's just like, they, they just need to like bite the bullet. And I mean, it sucks that they, I mean, I think they're getting the seventh pick. I think they're the number seventh and, Kevin O'Connor is like big on this guy, Killian Hayes. Yeah, the he French like Frenchy he, boy. Yeah, he says like he's the uh, he thinks he's the best prospect in the in the draft. His highlights are pretty where, impressive. I mean, granted, it's your highlights; that's when you look the best. But he does he yeah. does kind of look like D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, the Knicks are in a they're in a trouble spot, but I mean. I don't think they're in a totally screwed spot. Totally screwed no, is when they're they paying bad pay. players like $28 million a year. They're yeah. not doing that. So until now they could go full next and they're, all you are is one sort of signing away from being in that position. But for now, I do think they're moving in a positive direction. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like they just need to make like the playoffs, like just get the eighth seed with without spending money. But their players internally are not good enough. Um, so you know, that's, that just sucks for them. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the pay, the Pacers were good last year. I think, I mean, I think a, a core of Brogdon, Oladipo, Turner, and Zabonis. It's pretty solid. Good. I mean, Zabonis is really good. Turner can do damage. Brogdon is just a solid player. Oladipo, I think, you know, I think the Pacers just should just bet on um, Oladipo's comeback. But, I mean, they had a better record than the Heat last year and the Sixers. And I would, I mean, they're, I think they're a, a tough team. So, we'll see. And then I think uh, Hayward apparently wants a trade from the Celtics. But what is his value? Yeah, it's I don't I think he has a that's another thing to watch. He has a player option for next season. Does he take it? Does he not take it? You know, it's I for a lot of money, but does he switch it for like a, a longer term deal for more long term security? I don't know. I mean, he's good when he plays, but he's been getting hurt a lot. I think it might. I'm interested to see he's how thirty. I mean, so what? Just because you're third, he look at the stats from last season. He was good. I don't think he's going to die because he started. He's also not a player who really relies on his athleticism either. I don't know. No. I mean, I wouldn't want to be paying him thirty million dollars. That's for sure. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think he's just like some sort of negative trade asset. Uh, no, I don't think he's a negative trade asset. But I feel like um, they just have, you know, they have, you know, the forwards. They have Jalen and Jason Smart. I feel like he's just, you know. They just need other pieces. 
But I think he does. I mean, it's hard to, if you have $34 million on the table, are you going to say no to that? And you're going to be on a competitive team? Well, I mean, the only time you say no is if some other team offers you like four years for a hundred mil. And there's no, yeah, there's no team yeah, that's going to that'll do be, that. That'll be hard to see that happening with his, with his recent injury history. Max would be like four for like 90. Four over nine, or like there maybe like three for three for like fifty eight or something like that, fifty seven. So it's like a tad under twenty, and then I think he could get like at thirty three, maybe like another, not long term contract, but another three year contract. Um, yeah, it's that's an interesting situation, but yeah, I mean he was fine when he played, but yeah, he keeps getting. Keeps gonna hurt. He can't stay healthy. But we'll see what happens with him. DeRozan's another one. There's that awful trade. I don't even know why. Uh, I don't even know how that was a rumor, but like Lamarcus Aldridge and the number two for the number two pick in Wiggins. That's a, yeah, that's, that's insane. Shit, I ever heard. Why? Why would either team do that? I guess unless you're the Spurs and you just want the number two pick. Oh, of course. I mean, why would the, I think the the Spurs would be uh, thrilled to get uh, the number two pick? Well, but then it's going to come with. Wiggins. I mean, you're so you're so against. I am. Uh, I don't Wiggins. want Wiggins on my team. People mistake like, oh, Wiggins isn't that bad. Yeah, he's not that bad. So, do you want him on his, your team, paying him thirty million dollars and watch him take twenty shots a game? What are you going to do? What is what do you think is realistically Wiggins is on your team? He's taking twenty shots a game. What do you think is the maximum amount of wins you could have? It's probably that Jimmy Butler, like Carl Anthony Towns team that like snuck into the eighth seed of the playoffs. Yeah, like that's your ceiling. Wait, how good do you think Aldridge was last year? Uh, what would you say his line? If I had to guess, at thirty-five. Eight. At thirty-five years old. Thirty-five. Thirty-five. I'll. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with twenty-eight and three. I think I shot over on the points, though. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, pretty much nineteen, seven, and two. Oh, nice. On, but he shot thirty-nine percent from three. That was the thing that Jack Lowe wrote about last season. He started shooting threes. That's very interesting. I mean, he always had a. He always had a good shot, so he's very efficient. Um. I mean, the Spurs are tough because, I mean, they're not good enough to win now, but they have this guy who's him and DeRozan. You know, they're not going to uh, – clearly we saw last year that they're not good enough to even make the playoffs. Here, here's my thing. What's interesting about DeRozan is that, like we talked about with Carl Anthony Towns, what is DeRozan's excuse for being a bad defensive player? He's hyper-athletic, is he not? That's, now, maybe yeah. in his older years he's not quite as athletic, but he's still athletic. Don't understand that one. Does he just not care about defense? Like it, it doesn't really make any sense to me. If you're super athletic, you should at least be able to be like above average on defense. And you know, I'm not an expert watching the tape, but I know that was an issue with him on the Raptors. Like he's not good defensively. It's like why not? Does he just think like, oh, if I score 25 points a game, I'm a superstar? I don't know. Yeah, he's he's a weird player, but like I don't know what team really wants him. Could he go to the Knicks? <laughs> I don't know. See, that that one I don't know if I'll be thrilled about for the Knicks. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's not good enough to get into the playoffs, but playoffs. And there's no fans, so it's not like oh, you got to put fans in the seat. I mean, I guess that you you know viewership, but that's tough. That's tough. I mean, there's no. I haven't seen too much that says uh, you know they're going to get rid of uh, DeRozan. His, his no, contract's got to be coming up soon, right? Like if you're like this is the the Spurs are in the worst spot you could be where they are just stuck in mediocrity where they're not bad enough to get a high talent lottery pick, but they're not good enough to make the playoffs. Like that is the worst place. Well, what they screwed themselves was when they traded Kawhi for DeRozan. When wasn't there offers on the table from like the Lakers for like Brandon Ingram and stuff? That was like a win now move by, I guess, influenced by Popovich being older, and they screwed themselves. If they're going to trade Kawhi, they should yeah. have trade him for picks and young players, but they didn't. And look what look what it got them. And it turned out that Brandon Ingram was the win now move. There you go. It's good. The point. year after, um, Ingram broke out. <laughs> he broke out, and DeRozan took a step back. And eesh. yeah, Ingram, Ingram's great. I really really like Ingram. I wish you could add some some weight but i think that's just like kind of who he is kind of like how like we always saw like oh kevin durant needs to add more weight but then like he just never did and he's still the greatest players of all time yeah i mean if it's unless you you know you know if you're like six nine or above you're not supposed to be like super jacked unless you're just the genetic freaks of all genetic freaks which a lot of nba players are but it's like yeah like lebron like dwight howard like normally it doesn't really make sense but I mean, if you're just long and lanky, sometimes you're just long and lanky. And I don't know, Brandon Ingram might be an exception, but I'm sure if you saw Brandon Ingram in person, he's probably more muscular than he looks on TV. Yeah, hey, I don't, I don't know, but I mean, he's a he's a great player. The Pelicans, I, I think that was just a good trade, good trade uh, on both sides. Lakers got top five player, Pelicans got picks and a. You know, Lonzo, Ingram. I mean, Ingram's an all-star. Lonzo's definitely a starter. Defensive. Um, what do you call those? Like uh, annoying little players. He's like a, a less annoying Pat Beverly. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I could see that. He's a good rebounder. He's a better passer than Pat Beverly, that's for sure. And he's, he's definitely, I mean, he's not Jason Kidd, but I would say that he is... Um, just the starter version, not the all-star version of Jason Kidd. So if Jason Kidd, like his peak was like a, a you know, just a good starter, I think that's like what, what Lonzo is. Like he's just the, the jack of all trades. Um, just, you know, needs to get more consistent on his uh, jump shot and he'll be, he'll be Gucci. But yeah, I mean, that's all I got for the NBA um, this week, Oof. Lonzo shot forty percent from the field. Yeah, he's not he's not good from the field, but his three thirty eight from three though. Yeah, his three point percentage did go up, which was good to see. One and a half steals. All right, I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. He's only twenty three, so let's roll with him. Well, I was I feel like randomly I would have guessed he was like twenty five, but he is still super young. Yeah, he was only a freshman yeah. at uh UCLA, so there you go. Okay. You got any last thoughts? No, I think uh it should I'm I'm just looking forward to the season coming back. Uh and 
and and that's it. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be what we were hoping last season was gonna be before Steph and KD got hurt. So yeah, um, MA draft I think is in like nine days or ten days, and then the off season starts then. So uh, exciting times ahead. I, you know, we'll definitely it won't may not be as exciting, but I think we'll definitely get some some juice. So let's see how it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's it. So see you guys next week. See ya. Peace.